Welcome to the smallest game in town. Hi, I'm Valerio and I don't have a good record from the blinds. What about you, Ray? No one has a good record from the blinds. Ray, why is it good to be aggressive from the blind? Well, I suppose traditionally the blind is the worst position to be in because after the flop comes down, you're going to be the first players to act. And also you have to pay as well. So I think the approach I take to being in the blinds is I would rather, particularly if I'm in the small blind, I'd rather raise or fold my hand but not call. Because by raising, I seize the initiative, I'm the aggressor then, and I can follow up on the flop. If I fold, I give up my my uh, small blind, and uh, we move on. But I think uh, in our game, there's a lot of limping that goes on. And it can often be limped all the way round to me in the small blind. And that's when I like to put in a big bet of, say, 15 to 20 chips and get everyone to fold. So I think about Mark, if you bet just three, you raise three big blind, then uh, probably goes to be sticky. He goes to call you. Yeah, he then, likes to see flops, doesn't he? And yeah. uh, if he's put two chips in and you put, make it six to go, he's going to put another he's four chips in. But if you make it 20, ah. Yeah. He's only going to do it with a good hand, really. So and That's why you're raising, because you really want to win the hand right now. That's why you raise. And then if someone calls, it's good also, because you can control, you can outplay the opponent uh, during the flop. But you really hope to win the, the, the hand right away. I suppose going back to we were talking about position in one of our episodes rather strangely when you're in the big blind or the small blind you sort of have position on everybody else for one round only the the pre-flop betting round and so being aggressive from that is taking advantage of having that position you quite happily win it there and then because otherwise you're out of position for the rest of the hand. But I think uh, it's an interesting consideration. Yeah, I think it's a good point because a big blind, it's a bad position, but probably it's the best pre-flop position because you can see what the other players are doing. And if everybody is limping, it means probably they, they, they don't have it. Too much, and then you can really comfortable uh, raise unless someone is tricky guy that try to play calling with the aces kings. And we have in our table someone doing like this. Yeah, and he, but it's not a lot, it's not a big risk because you can bet twelve. Is someone is three betting you? You can fold safely or. You can call if there is no a big three bet, like a double of your chips, then you call yeah. it to see. No, I think um, you, I mean, you've got to be able to get away from hands. If you're being aggressive like that, you have to recognize when there might be a time where somebody actually has a very good hand. But I, I suppose we're, we're, we should make the distinction between the sort of rather passive 
betting round pre-flop where everyone limps and then you put a big raise in, everyone folds, to when somebody has raised, maybe someone has raised on the button and you're sitting there in the small blind or the big blind, uh, can you be aggressive in that situation by, you know, you don't want to be calling, you, you can be aggressive by three betting. And I think I've tried to build quite a bit of that into my game. And I think the thing I have learned is, is that you've got to be very careful who you do it against. And I yes, had a definitely. hand recently where Carl and viewer, uh, listeners to this podcast will know that Carl is one of our tightest players and normally has super tight <laughs> has the goods uh, when he when he uh, when he bets and he was sitting on my right and uh, he was on the button and it was folded to him and he made it eight which normally indicates you know our big blind is two chips so it's four times the big blind and I don't he know, has a monster when he's doing this yeah you know. and everyone knew he had a monster and Even I knew he had a monster, but that didn't stop me with ace-10 offsuit deciding to three-bet him. It was a moment of madness, and I apologize for that, but uh, I, um, I made it 25 to go. I probably should even have made it more if I really was going to three-bet him. And he called, well, I had, had, had hardly put the chips in the pot when he called, and I knew I was up against a good hand. I'm not going to go through the details of the hand. I got extremely lucky and wound up winning. But that was an example of where you, you're, you're, you're being aggressive and you're not taking into account the players you're up against. Yeah. At the end, probably he had, the, he had the, uh, two kings, you had ace-10, and you end up winning without flopping an ace, just to say how lucky you were. Yeah, I hit running tens on the turn and river to win. But hey, what do we say? It's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> so we are the only players at our table that really three bet or raise from the blinds. And uh, sometimes we have got also other situation like uh, from the small blind, you bet is a battle between the small blind and the big blind. Do you like to race in this situation with the big blinds or just call it? If I'm in the big blind and the... Uh, the small blind. I'm in the small blind. Um, no, no, you, you are in the big blind. I'm in the They big blind. They say small blind, me betting on you. And you raise in the small blind. Yeah. yeah. It, we, I, think it, I think it depends, uh, like a lot of poker questions. Uh, sometimes I'll call with a good hand. Other times I'll I'll raise with a good hand and try and get more money in the pot. I, I think um, I think the issue about the amount of aggression from the blinds is mainly limited to the two of us. Is goes back to the idea where people have come along to play and they want to see flops. And if you want to see a lot of flops. You want to see them cheaply. And that's why they're just, you know, if you can, if it comes round to you and everyone has limped and you're in the big blind, why put more money in you, when, when you can check and see a flop? 
I, I think it's a dream situation from the big blind. If someone from the small blind is putting somebody white three bet just playing your good position. But I think it can be good the idea to have a, a podcast about the battle, battle between the, the blinds. blinds. Yeah. We can it, it can be a, a very nice topic because it's quite complex and interesting. I think yeah, it almost comes back to like heads up play. Pure yes. heads up play, isn't it? Because by definition, if it's everyone's folded, it is you know me versus you, and uh, those it's are some of the most interesting aspects of poker, I think. And it isn't just one hand; it's like you're there in position every time. Uh, so for the whole of the session, you've got this little war going on. Yeah. If I raise. Will you fold or can I get you to fold? Yeah, at the end, it's not the topic of this uh, no. special one, but probably it's going to be a nice topic to treat. Like, it's going to fold, it's going to depend because if someone is always not aggressive from the blinds, he's always folding from the blinds, it's good always to mm. bet from the small blind, make you fold from the big blind because I know it. But if someone is calling anything, Mm. or something nice because I mean you you stop folding to my raises in the small I never fold you never fold you always also 72 is okay for me yeah but going back to the issue about raising from the blinds and the reasons why you do it I mean I I think I've learned over over the years that I'd rather play heads up with somebody than play against a lot of players when you're trying to play a multi-way pot, it's very unpredictable. You've got some of our players can do strange things and you can find yourself folding the best hand because of raises or bets that have occurred. So I like the idea of raising if I want to play a hand in and I'm in the blind because it cuts down the field and I might just get heads up. I might be out of position against that player, but it's only one player to beat, not... Yeah, you want to make it became, became it's like a two-player game, and you can control it. Uh, it's easier. I agree. I agree. Three, four people. You really don't know where you are. You can have a big pair, but uh, I think we should probably, if we're thinking about future episodes, do something on multi-way pots. You know, where yeah. because they are the toughest to n- navigate. And uh, so by being aggressive in the blinds, I'd rather do that than sit in the blind and have four players yeah. against me and be the first to act. Practically, you want to simplify the situation and then you want to end up mm. two people playing, then have a multi-way pot that is very hard to play. Yeah. I think the other thing about raising, if you've actually got a good hand, like recently I had a pair of kings in the small blind, and you had raised under the gun, first to act, came round to me, and I put a big raise in. And we, we had a very big pot, which I, I managed to, to win. But I, I, I took the opportunity to build a big pot with a really good hand. And I think mm-hmm. um, I, some, of, some players we have in our game when they get a good hand, almost want to try and limit the size of the pot. <laughs> they get nervous about it getting big, but I, I take the view that if I've got the best hand, okay, people can draw out on me and get lucky. Um, and that could have happened in that hand against you. Um, but it's an opportunity to build the pot. 
Yeah, I, th- I think also you have to check, you have to see what we, we, who is the player you're playing with. Because he is someone hyper aggressive, it's good to build up the, the pot, allow him to do it. If it's someone passive, maybe he has got something. If he starts putting chips, then you can say, let's not, if you just a pair, probably has got a set because let's say I'm Carl, mm. in, my, in our situation was Carl, not me. Probably you were a little bit more in doubt about your kings now. I would. Because, you know, maybe he has got a set or something. Then Yeah, yeah. So... You were not you when you play that hand with me at the seven, you kings. You play more comfortably. Knew, you knew that I really didn't have most of the time something. I could have a set. You know that I I play small pair. Yeah. But you you put in this account. I bet four times this in the way that I can go all in, and I get payoff. And if someone sometimes I I I I get the set, okay, it happened. But the yeah. four bet the four time is betting sides at the beginning doesn't justify him to yeah. put the money there because it's not there are no equity for me. You didn't really have the odds to call they my big raise, yeah. and uh, in I, the long run, I'm going to lose. Yeah. And you could e- you could easily have won that hand. You had a, a heart draw yeah. that came yeah. through almost came through for you. Uh, but I I take the view. You know, did I make the right decision at the moment in time? I think I did. And uh, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. I don't think you can sort of beat yourself One up. One time you got kings, you got four time. My bet, it's like, okay, let's go. If there is no ace, then let's go all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go all in, yeah. no matter uh, what. Absolutely. I think the uh, the other thing about raising from the blinds is this, it, it, going back to our aggression episode we had, it's about pressuring other players it's intimidating other players and I think I think why you're doing that you can cause people to make mistakes you can, they, they won't make mistakes if you just limp or call you know yeah a, a lot of time we don't like uh, nobody likes to be raised uh, no uh, from no. the blinds because a lot of time you got good ends as well and just well, uh, we saw last time when you were racing to mark he had a very good starting end, like a king. And he made him fall ace kings yeah. with a, a queen, queen and jack, jack suited. Yeah, suited. Yeah. He could have three bets you, and knowing that you're doing a lot of time this, it would be nice. It would be good to three bet. You know, I've been folding uh, hands with the ace kings. Sometimes no ace kings, no, but ace queen. Mm. But uh, because. I didn't. You change a little bit this aggression. You've been doing uh, when you started doing playing. You were not so aggressive from the blinds. Yeah, a little bit, but not that much as now. Yeah. But with this kind of aggression, I had to be aggressive as well. Let's say <laughs> you are going to make us fold strong hands, but that's also pay off when you're going to have a big hands, something yeah. hands like kings and aces. Yeah. 
I mean, that's one of the reasons you do it for that pure deception element. Yeah. Where I mean, okay, I'm still do I'm still doing it with reasonable hands, like Queen Jack suited is a reasonable hand. But yeah. I'm out of position. I'm going to be out of position. If someone is three betting, if somebody is three betting me, I'm going to throw it away. Throw away. You know, uh, I I'll do it with a pair of threes, and if I get if I get you know, um, three bet, I'm going to throw it away. Or if it's a small three bet, you can call well, a coming monster hands with a, another three. You, exactly. You be, so I, I think um, I think having that element of deception in your play, I've added, I've added that. You're quite right. I have changed. I have added it to it. I used to just wait until I only had aces or kings, you know. But yep. now I think adding that extra, you do get paid off when you do have the monster hand. And people don't know where they're at, you know. If people can read your hand like it's the cards are face up, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. The other thing I like doing is is to punish the limpers, you know. People are trying to get in as cheaply as possible. And then, boom, big, big bet, get them all to fold. And the look of disappointment on their faces when they realize they're going to have to give up their two chips. There was a session you were doing relentlessly, yeah. this one. And then in the second part session, I started doing it relentlessly. <laughs> and you didn't get any more chances to do it no. because I was doing it. Because you were coming after me, you were after me. Yeah. And, then, and you wouldn't rebate me because you were doing well. There is no point to, to rebate. That's an important consideration is to, if you're in the small blind, uh, in the big blind, who your neighbor is in the small blind is very important. If yeah. they are being aggressive, you don't get the same opportunities. You know? Yeah, like last session, I didn't have too many opportunities to raise limpers because you were on my right. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing it for me. There yeah. was no a lot of, there were no chances. It yeah. Just, uh, you were doing quite relentlessly. Yeah. The other thing you probably noticed is I like, early on when we start a session i like to show people i can be aggressive from the blinds if i get any opportunity i'm going to take it and i'm going to put the big bet in early on i mean early on doesn't matter i've got all if it goes wrong i've got all evening to make up those chips but i, I think it's a good idea to show bad cards with not very like <laughs> secondary cards mm. to show that i'm three betting with this i don't three bet with only with aces just to get pay off yeah, aces yeah. because is the is the reason why you're doing it yeah and also because you don't get when someone is three betting you is not three betting you with three times your pot size your sides bet maybe the only one that put a decent raise is me then mm. you can fold but if someone put just two times it's still giving odds to yeah. eat a monster. Then you are not going to fold other 15 chips someone putting in. If yeah. you put 15, just, okay, let's do it. You, you're doing all with the 72, just with something that yeah. maybe I got some equities, something, some yeah. odds to uh, to make a good hand, monster hand. Then why not? Let's yeah. see. I think... One of the considerations for being aggressive from the blinds is you have to be prepared to be aggressive after that. It's no, if you get called, then you have to 
think about whether you should continuation bet or not. I'm not saying you should always continuation bet if you get called, but I think you have to be prepared. That might be the only way you'll win the hand. But if you think if someone is showing aggression after the flop, it mean, after this racing stuff, mm. it means has got something in our table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to play tricky. If someone, someone doesn't have anything or a secondary hand or is not sure, he's going to slow down and probably fold with, with, for another bet. But he's not going to bet big. Then it's worth this kind of game of racing mm. in a small brand because also the way the other guys are playing post-flop, that's the reason why it pay off. Because if you got everybody aggressive uh, post-flop, things then you cannot raise too many hands because it's risky yeah but if you have a table like passive like this yeah okay so i'm not going to and if you've got a table chips. where people are playing fit or fold poker and you, okay so you raise with your take that example with the queen jack of, of spades that i had if i i raised with it big if mark had called me with his ace king he's actually threw it away but if the flop missed him and I bet out, he'd almost certainly fold. Yeah. And so you've, you've, <laughs> you've, 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 uh, you've done extremely well in those situations. You have to be prepared sometimes he's going to hit the ace and you're going to, you know, but you, ha you can get away from your hand, you know. I think it's all 